All right, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Bill Now, and I'm the uh, AWS Think Big Space Innovative Technology Teacher here at River Oaks and moderator of today's uh, Zoom podcast. The, po the topic of today's podcast is working in the virtual and in-person hybrid learning environment, along with any questions you may have about technology or Canvas. Um, I'm excited to have representatives from second and third grade joining us today to help answer your questions. They are from second grade, Ms. Burke, Ms. Locke, and Ms. Keener. From third grade, we have joining us uh, Ms. Harrison and Ms. Thompson. Uh, shortly joining us, we will have Ms. Rasmussen here. She's a representative from ESOL. Also with us, we have joining us are the principal of River Oaks, Ms. Williams. Um, our assistant principal, Dr. Jamison. Um, our instructional technology coach, Ms. Sells, uh, she'll be joining us shortly. Um, another staff member we have here um, joining us for the Think Big Space is Ms. Grove. And shortly joining us as well, we will have the associate superintendent of the Western Schools in Prince William County, Ms. Hart, joining us. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us and being here today. Um, if you have any questions during this podcast, feel free to uh, type it in the uh, chat and we'll go ahead and get started. Um, this is gonna be very informal. What I'll do is I'll ask, if you ask a question and if you wanna have, a, um, you wanna answer the question, you know, feel free to let us know um, what your thoughts on this. So our first question is gonna be, um, and you're, feel free to speak up. Um, what is a typical day in hybrid learning look like? what would your schedule be? Uh, who would like to answer that first? Unfortunately, I haven't been in the building yet to experience the hybrid um, situation. So I get to officially start tomorrow, which is fine. Um, so I can only speak virtually for now. <laughs> okay. I'll answer. Okay, Ms. Harrison. All right, so um, when my students first come in, I have my procedures on the board so they know exactly what to do. Um, and then when they first come in, of course, they'll unpack. Um, they quickly log into their computers. That's their very first step. Um, and then once they log in, we wait on breakfast to come around. So while they're waiting on breakfast, they can either do um, kind of like a morning work thing. So like, for example, Lexia, or they can go on Canvas to finish any unfinished um, work that they may have, um, you know, from the previous days. Um, and then they eat breakfast. Um, and then at about 9.15, I start my small groups. Um, while I'm working with my small groups, my other students that's in person, um, they will complete um, Canvas um, or any other assignments that they have. So what I, um, I've done is I've in, um, created schedules, individual schedules for my students, and I put it on index cards. So that, that way, while I'm working with my small groups, um, you know, I won't be interrupted and they'll know exactly what to do. Um, so during my small groups, um, you know, I'll have that. Uh, my in-person students, when it's their time to join my small group, they'll also log into Zoom um, and join my small group. Um, whole group for reading and social studies starts at 10 o'clock. And that's when um, I have it on the smart board so that my in-person students will be able to see everything that I'm teaching and then also the students at home. Um, and then we'll do small groups, um, have our recess break, lunch break, 
And then math and science whole group starts at 145 until 245, and then Encore, um, which is virtual and dismissed. Thank you, Ms. Harrison. Um, would anybody like to add, um, you know, how their schedule is uh, different? Um, anybody in second grade want to talk about what their um, schedule's like? Mine is similar to hers. The only difference is um, that our special is first thing in the morning at 9.15. So I'm usually just um, having the kids have breakfast before their specials and then I work, I start working with my whole group at 10 o'clock. And then after that, the rest of the day is small groups. And um, the students who are in person, they don't have an individual schedule, but on the whiteboard and then on another board in the classroom, I have their, um, their Canvas learning activities they can do and then other apps they can go to to um, supplement their learning. Okay, all right, um, thank you, Ms. Keener. Um, my next question is for um, those of you that are in building um, in school, um, how would you say you manage the students in person and virtually at the same time in that hybrid model when you have um, students at home and then you also have those students in the classroom? How would you, how's your classroom management for that? I'll go again. Okay, Ms. Harrison. Oh, um, so it's been, um, at first, um, I was, I was pretty nervous about it until I actually got into it and started doing it. Um, so it's been working out pretty well as far as managing both. Um, so like I said before, um, my students in person, they'll also log into Zoom, um, for a small group and then whole group, um, you know, they're not logged into Zoom. Um, so it's been going well, um, as far as managing, managing it, but. I'm going to take pointers from uh, Ms. Harrison when I get in the building. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you sound like you're doing a really good job, so I'm excited. I'll take, I'll take pointers from Keener and Harrison when I get in there. Now, speaking of that, um, Ms. Locke, um, do, you, um, do you feel that when you come in tomorrow that you're going to be um, at that point where you have a good understanding of how you're going to have your classroom and how you're going to be able to work on the, um, the classroom management of... Uh, the hybrid learning? Yeah, I think so. And I think what's really helped is we have really awesome people in the building already that have been supporting my classroom already. So the students have already been in. Um, so the students that have already started that process of being in the building um, are almost going <laughs> to teach me and kind of tell me the process and the schedule. Um, so I think it's really just going to be implementing more of my expectations as opposed to when there was a sub or when there was someone else in the classroom. Um, so just working together with those kids, but I'm feeling ready. I've been ready. So I'm excited to get back in there and get moving. Good. Um, how about you, Ms. Burke? What are your thoughts on, um, you know, when you come back in, are you, do you have a good idea and understanding of um, how you're gonna work on the, um, uh, being able to manage the, um, the virtual and in-person um, uh, students? Absolutely. I think as a whole, since I've had my students virtual, I've told them the expectation of what it looks like and sounds like when we go in the building. So once they get in that environment that they'll feel comfortable enough to say, oh, this is like if I'm at home, but it has a slight adjustment. And we went over the routines and I kind of practiced it and had them practice at home. 
kind of in their in their environment. So I say it's going to be an easier transition. And I also reminded parents of my expectations as well, so they can implement those at home. So the kids are getting reminders not only from myself and from parents and acting it out. It kind of just I'm kind of making this a nor- kind of normalizing it to show them that it's okay to go from from home to the school. It might look slightly different, but we're going to still accomplish the same things if we all work together, including the parents. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Ms. Burke. Um, now you talk, I'm sorry. No, I just, I just want to add as well that in the beginning, I thought it would be difficult, but I'm, I am impressed with the students and how they adapt so quickly to the virtual and me being in the classroom at the same time having your schedule because the children have been working with the schedule prior to coming in the classroom, they adapt very quickly. So um, if you're using your schedule, you should be fine. I also recognize though that you have to pay attention to those students who are before you. I have three students in my classroom. Mm -hmm. At times they are focusing on the smart board, especially if you are doing a mini lesson and the students are supposed to make notes in their reader's notebook, you will find that they are looking at what is happening and forgetting to participate. So you have to remind them, okay, it's your time to write. You should write too, you should participate too and encourage them as well that even though you're not online, online, you're in the classroom, still participate. So you call upon them to ask questions and you also make that eye contact with them because you might just lose them in the process. So you have to be mindful of that as well. Good, good I'll point. Add on, I'm sorry, real quick. Um, uh, no, go ahead, Ms. Keener. The teacher's assistants are playing a huge role in helping with the transition for hybrid learning too. Like if you, when you're online with your small groups and so forth, the teacher assistant that I have in my classroom is really good with helping my children in person stay on task and making sure that if they have any issues with logging in on their devices or, um, you know, just kind of at a loss of what they should be doing um, during um, a time that they're not in a small group, he's really mm-hmm. good at redirecting them. So um, they're playing a real huge, huge role in like the smooth transition with the hybrid learning model. Awesome, that's fantastic, thank you. Um, before actually we continue to the next question, um, I see that we do have, um, several parents that are joining us in the um in the zoom as well so um those parents that are joining us um you're listening to the uh, second and third grade teachers here at river oaks talk about their experience and how they are able to um, meet the needs of your children when they're here at school in this um, hybrid learning model that we're in um, and if you do have any questions um parents guests joining us um, feel free to type the questions in the chat and we will get those um, questions um, answered for you. But um, in the meantime, while we're waiting for those questions to come up, um, I'll ask you all another question about um, this hybrid learning model. Um, So when you're talking about the assignments and everything, um, are you specifically talking about um, where do you have your assignments listed? Um, Do you uh, reach out to the parents each day via email or um, how do you, get out and make contact with the parents and the students about where their assignments are and where they can locate the assignments. 
I know as um, a second grade team, we have a, um, I think on our homepage, we put weekly buttons with the week and the date underneath. So it starts on Monday and it goes to Friday and we break it down by subject that says reading and what we do whole group and what we do as individual assignments. So they're color coded. Mm -hmm. And as a team, we also make Nearpods. So the students know as a module, they can click on the code and go to the Nearpod, but um, also they can go the Nearpod through the can through a, uh, our homepage that it takes them directly there or with other students who have iPads or who have other devices, it gives them the specific code. So no matter what device, if they're on their phone, if they're on their tablet, if they're using different devices, then they can get that code to do the Nearpod. And we also let parents know um, weekly what we're working on. So the kids really take ownership of that. Hey, this week we're learning about math. So then what, what's your Nearpod going to be about? So whatever we're teaching, it has the kids take ownership of their learning and to me and I as our team we really stress that because it kind of includes their independent time like if they're in the building or if they there's always something for them to find specifically and also we let parents know I know as a team we use class dojo so if parents ever have questions about if a kid's if a child's missing something or what's due we also just completely open our door and we're just have open communication all the time with parents. Yeah. Fantastic Ms. Burke thank you. Um, would anybody like to add about, um, um, in, in addition to what uh, Ms. Burke said? Um, third grade, are you very similar to um, what Ms. Burke said about um, reaching out to the parents through Class Dojo? Or how is your communication to, um, to reach out to the parents to let them know about, and the students know about assignments and you know, things that you're going to be doing? Okay, for, for us, we will use our announcements as well as class dojo and emails to communicate with parents. We also train the students how I know, um, we also do for parents as well, train parents and students as well, how to use a to-do list, how to access their information, especially quizzes. Instead of just going through modules, the students know that they will just click on quizzes to the left to find their quizzes and they will click on modules to find their different courses and work along. We do have buttons on our home pages to assist with that as well. Okay, thank you, Ms. Thompson. Um, and actually I have um, a parent, a question from uh, Ms. Cole in the chat. Um, and her question is, what if Nearpod is not working? My daughter has completed work through Nearpod and hit submit, but then I get the message that says she needs to complete the assignment. So she ends up having to do the work again. Has that been an issue in your class? And if so, um, how do you um, address that issue for, um, for the students? Um, as far as like in my class personally, I know it was kind of a learning curve with a lot of these programs and learning how to grade them, let alone assign them, and then make sure they're accessible through all these different platforms. Um, so personally, I actually have had issues with that where I go and I check the wrong report and I say, oh, you know, so-and-so hasn't finished their assignment when really they did and it was in a separate folder of a report. Um, 
So I would suggest that if it's continuously happening, um, make sure you contact that specific teacher because it really could be just an issue looking at specific reports on our end. Um, I know I've been guilty of that, looking at the wrong date that things have been submitted or looking at the wrong files. Um, the way it's set up on our end is a little bit different than on the parent or student's end. Um, so that's been the best thing is reaching out or when parents contact me saying, you know, I, I think they've already done this. And when I take a second or third look, I'm like, oops, my bad. <laughs> um, so a lot of it has been getting used to seeing and understanding where some of the grades and reports are coming through on these different new platforms. I don't know if that answered everything, but that's kind of just my personal experience with Nearpod and how it's working, if that helps at all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Block. Um, for those of you that are just joining us, we've had uh, several more parents come in to join us um, for this uh, podcast. Um, my name is Mr. Now. I'm the uh, AWS um, Innovative Technology teacher here at River Oaks. Um, and you are joining us on our second and third grade um, podcast, having a conversation about hybrid learning and any questions you may have about uh, technology, Canvas, or um, pretty much um, anything. Um, if you have any questions, um, feel, feel, uh, please feel free to write those questions in the chat um, and we will address those questions. But um, in the meantime, while we're waiting for um, more questions to come in the chat, um, my next question is, um, how do you maintain social distance in your classroom? Is there I know they have their desks and they have X's on the ground, but how do you maintain that social distancing with students that um, want to get up and want to walk around the room or want to, um, you know, move away from their desk? How do you address that issue? Or do you have that problem in your class? Um, I personally haven't had that problem in my class. Um, the students um, their desks are six feet apart the way they're supposed to be, but I did make clear to my students that I did not want them to sit all day, that they were more than welcome to stand up and to just visualize a little bubble in their area. Um, and they're pretty good about staying in that area. And then at the end of the day, um, even though some of them don't stand up and take advantage of that opportunity and so forth, I'll put on a video and we um, dance or do some type of yoga or something like that, just so that they don't feel so confined and so restricted. And I think as time goes on, they will start to feel a lot more comfortable in the environment and take advantage of the fact that they are able to stand up, wiggle around if they want to, and then also have some of them, um, or, well, not some of them, but I told the parents they were more than welcome to send um, a tangible item just so that they didn't feel so, um, what do you call it, um, to, to ease their anxiety, because this is a, a, a different, situation for everybody and um so some of my students have something of comfort from home that's uh easily sterilized and so forth but it remains in their area so I don't really have an issue with kids wanting to get up and walk around the classroom at this time okay thank you Miss Keener um would anybody like to add um anything as to um what Miss Keener had said um, I would also say that just like any other school year to kind of set those, um, you know, you have to set those expectations the very first um, day of school when they walk in, you know, just letting them know um, what you expect just to keep everyone safe. Um, and then I also agree with Ms. Keener, um, just allowing your students to stand up, giving them that stretch break, um, you know, not 
having them to be confined in that space, but just also making sure that they stay in their area to keep everyone safe. Um, I also um, have little tubs, individual tubs for my students with all their supplies in it. Um, and then I also, when Ms. Keener was saying about the tangible items, I also um, have my students um, like Play-Doh and a puzzle, individual puzzle, um, just in case we can't go outside for um, recess, like for example, for indoor recess, they'll have something um, you know, tangible that they can play with since um, they can't really touch a lot of things in our classroom now. Okay. All right, um, thank you, Ms. Harrison. Uh, one thing that I would also like to add is that each one of our classroom teachers has a designated space at the front of the classroom adjacent to the smart board, which is identified as their, um, as the teacher zone. So it's also a protected space six feet from where the first student is seated, just to be sure that not only are we working to ensure that every student is safe, while we're providing in-person instruction, but also that our staff, that our teachers are safe. One additional mitigation strategy that we've also implemented here at River Oaks Elementary is that we also have classroom monitors in each one of our classrooms to help, you know, reinforce the expectations to ensure that students are practicing, you know, safe hand washing, they're supervised when they're going to and from the restrooms. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't heard any feedback from any of our teachers, but I can confidently say that we believe that having classroom monitors has also been a support to our students and our staff, staff in keeping them safe. All right, thank you, Ms. Williams. Um, my next question involves um, pull-ins or um, visits from um, ESOL and SPED. Um, how do they pull from your class, do they come to your class and then do they actually leave the classroom and take the kids somewhere or do they have like a separate Zoom link or a separate area or separate way that they can um, get the accommodations that they need while you're still doing instruction or can anybody explain to me how that, how that works? Um, on for the second grade team, um, we work closely with our ESOL teacher and the SPED teacher to create Zoom links. So we taught the students our expectation at this certain time and give them kind of like a schedule because I talked to my class about how to write kind of like a, a mock schedule and remind them to go to that link. So when we do go to the building, um, um, if the teacher didn't feel comfortable pushing in our classroom, there was a Zoom link for the student just to click on the Zoom link and go. And some of the students provided themselves with either um, headphones or something, the tone, to turn the Zoom lower so they could hear that teacher during their lesson. So it's, it was, um, so they could just click on it and go to that teacher's link. Okay. Right. Thank you, Ms. Burke. Would anybody like to add anything? Okay, for third grade or ESOL teacher and SPED teachers, they do have schedules. We communicate the schedule to parents and students as well. And we also have the, the schedule at hand while teaching to remind students that it is your time to go to the ESOL teacher or to go to the SPED teacher. So students are constantly reminded of when they should log in Zoom, just like second grade. We do have pushing sessions and that is scheduled weekly. So you will find Ms. Rasmussen will come to my class on a Wednesday or she'll go to another teacher's class on a Tuesday for one hour. We have that as well. 
we have the SPED teachers pushing in as well as students going to the SPED teachers through the late Zooms. Okay, right. um, thank you, Ms. Thompson. Um, this next question that we have in here is um, from the chat. And um, this question is um, to be uh, directed to Ms. Williams and Dr. Jameson. Um, this question is, um, says, good morning. Um, this parent, um, Pam, has a daughter in Ms. Brown's class and wanted to know that um, she thinks that she would, wondering she would, if they would consider benefit going back to school. And she was wondering if you happen to know when they would be able to go back to school all five days, if that's something that's gonna be happening soon or um, if you know anything about um, back to school full-time. Okay, thank you for the question. Um, at this time, we do not have any decisions about students returning back to school for all five days. However, we are looking forward to um, transitioning our fourth and fifth graders back to in-person learning for those families that have made such a decision um, in late February. Uh, beginning of March. And of course, you know, at this time, parents have the choice to select either a house A, a Tuesday, Thursday in-person option, or a house B, which is a Wednesday, Friday option. Um, I don't anticipate this year, although I'm not the decision maker about all elementary students returning five days. Thank you, Ms. Williams. And actually, as I see here now, we have um, Ms. Hart joining us. Oh, let's see, we have one more message here. Oh, um, Ms. Williams. Um, yes. Are you able to um, repeat that answer you have? Um, because um, the person who asked the question said she couldn't hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, so I have my volume turned all the way up, and I would like to say that at this time there is not a decision about having students return back into the buildings for five days of in-person learning. However, we are looking forward to transitioning our fourth and fifth graders back into the building if the families have selected an in-person option, either House A, Tuesday, Thursday, or House B, Wednesday, Friday option. I would suggest that parents continue to follow uh, the school division's decision-making process and their communication on their website. Excellent, thank you, Ms. Williams. Um, Dr. Jamison, is anything you'd like to add to um, what Ms. Williams um, said? No, she hit all the highlights. We are looking forward to welcoming everyone back when it's safe to do so when the school board decides. Um, but in the meantime, we're, we're all just um, moving along with this process of welcoming back each grade level. I think that the teachers have done a fantastic job. The students have been fabulous um, coming in. I mean, truly. Um, it's, it's like nothing I have ever seen. Um, the students are all complying with everything. You go into classrooms and there's high levels of student engagement with both online and students in person. It's amazing to watch this process um, happen in, in real time. It's amazing. Thank you, Dr. Jamison. 
Hi, Miss Hart. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you, everybody? Hi, we're doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. I'm happy to be here. I'm sorry, my calendar said 30. Oh. I'm that, catching up. Carry that's on. That's okay. Um, well, this year um, joining us right now is uh, Miss Hart, and um, she is the Associate Superintendent for the Western um, Schools here in uh, Prince William County. Um, and Miss Hart, we're just having a, um, a conversation about uh, the hybrid learning model and transitioning from uh, virtual to in-person learning. So we have um, quite a few parents joining us um, today. And uh, we also have our fantastic staff here joining us. We have uh, three members from the second grade team joining us. Um, we have two uh, members from our third grade, third grade team joining us. Um, Ms. Williams here, Dr. Jamison's here. Um, and we also have our um, ESOL teacher, Ms. Rasmussen, um, just joining us as well. So we're having a conversation about how to transition and how the hybrid learning model is and any questions that um, parents may have to, you know, to talk to the teachers about how we, um, you know, we were able to keep our students safe while still giving them the quality education here in Prince William County. Thank you. So um, my next question um, is going to be for the uh, in-person teachers. Um, what is your policy in the classroom for um, students wearing a mask? And um, do all teachers and staff have to wear a mask all day? So would anybody like to say how the, oh no, we're, I'm talking, no, <laughs> no, I was asking the uh, second and third grade teachers um, that are here, um, what the requirement is for, um, for mask wearing, that um, they can explain. We absolutely wear the mask all day long. Um, and um, I, I have a couple of students where maybe it's a little too large, so I just teach them to pull it up right here in between their eyes. So then we're talking because mine moves down as well. Um, they've had to learn how to project their voice through the mask and so forth, but for their safety and for my safety as well, we wear a mask um, all day long. Okay. Thank you. Um, next question I have is for, um, for the classroom teachers as well. Um, how do you know whether or not another staff member has visited your room? Is there a way to um, that you monitor who visits the room? Yes, we do. We have a form outside our door. Each time someone visits our classroom, come inside the room, that person is expected to sign the form, sign the time you enter the room and the time you left the room. Okay. So it's kind of like the contract contact taste. Uh, tracing where you can see who's been in the room. Exactly. Okay. Um, next question, you all talked about, um, about recess and getting up and moving around. Do you all have a recess time where you go outside to kind of give the students um, a chance to get some fresh air? Um, and if so, how do you do that where you socially distance the students um, in the hallway to go outside to, to have that recess? Yes, we do have assigned recess times. And before we go outside, we make sure that we're, we're aware of the person in front of us and aware of the person behind us that we're staying that six feet. So I kind of have like a little 
kind of rhyme to make sure the kids are making sure. And they also make sure the, the main thing is to be to remind each other politely. So if someone's in kind of too close, just say, hey, um, can you please back up a little bit? And when we go outside, we share recess time with another teacher. So if my class is on the playground equipment, the other teacher, can, her students cannot be on the playground equipment at that same time. So we have a, a conversation before we go out. Okay, if you see my kids on this equipment, then your, your class will have to wait. And we make sure that that's fair and we're, and we're honest with each other and reminding each other as well. Okay. But the school also has markers for the students on the um, floor that are six feet apart. And uh, my students are really good at standing on the markers and so forth. And then we have a system when we come back in the classroom for hand washing and so forth. We just kind of file in one at a time. And when the first person is finished, because by then I'm signing on to teach another small group, um, they'll um, project their voice out to the hallway and say, okay, next and then they go sit down and it really helps it keep them in socially distanced. Okay, thank you. Um, next question I have for you all is, um, what do you do in your classroom if you have a student that forgets their laptop or forgets the cord to the laptop? Um, do you have an extra laptop that the students borrow or what is your procedure for, um, for students that, um, uh, don't have a charged laptop or forget their laptop at home. I haven't experienced anybody leaving oh. their laptop, but definitely uncharged on the first day. But I have to say yourself, Mr. Now and Mrs. Sells came to the rescue. So um, it just really has not been a problem as far as the technology goes. And then we have the the, um, I don't know what you call it, the extension cord that comes out of the ceiling. So charging the devices if they forget to is not an issue. And like I said, nobody has forgotten a device. And uh, yourself, like I said, Mrs. Sales are always on top of those issues if uh, it does well, arise. Uh, well, thank you, Ms. Tuner. Ms. Tuner, we appreciate that. Um, so if a student were to forget their laptop, how would you um, accommodate them for the day? Just in, in general, it's a question, not just to you, Ms. Keener, but to um, the rest of the, the panel. Well, I can answer that question. We have uh, plenty of additional devices that we can certainly provide the student um, in the event that they forget their device at home. But also I would like to bring to the attention of everyone that the school division has, um, has purchased also laptop sleeves. So on the first day that students report for uh, in-person instruction, students are provided a laptop sleeve where we um, encourage them to store their, not only their device, but their power cord, as well as their headphones. And I would like to say that pretty much up to this point, we've had pretty, you know, we've had good success with students remembering um, to bring their equipment. And we certainly feel as though, you know, having everything stored in the laptop sleeve in one place has certainly been a big help. But that has not been an issue okay. um, thus far. All right, thank you, Ms. Williams. Um, so my next question is um, for the uh, in-person ones um, as well. Um, if you have, if there's something wrong with your student's laptop, um, can you tell me what the procedure is to get that um, laptop repaired or um, fixed? Do um, what? What do you? What's your procedure for that, and how would that work? Um. 
in that case, you would call the office to let Ms. Grove know that you would like assistance in your classroom from Mr. Now or Ms. Sells. They will immediately come in and assist and try their best to solve the issue. I know that's what I have been doing. If um, there was a student in my class who left his charger, I called the office and I told Ms. Grove that I need to contact Ms. Sells or Mr. Now. And Ms. Sells came to my room and she solved the problem. That's a procedure that I have been using. Okay. Um, what what about your uh, the the um, the teacher's procedure for um, for laptop exchange for um, for virtual? Do you talk with your parents and have them just um, come to the school to um, at any time and just do a laptop no. exchange, or how does no. that work? No, if a parent is having a problem with the with the child's laptop, I will tell the parent that you have to first call the school. I provide that number tell her who she should speak with, and she will get further directions from there as to what to do. Okay. But you should not just turn up at the school asking for a laptop. You have to make an appointment to see the designated person. Oh, fantastic, thank you. Um, thank you, Ms. Thompson. Um, next question I have for you, um, if you're, the student's not feeling well in the morning, and this is for the virtual um, for ones that are home. Um, if they're not feeling well in the morning and they show up to Zoom in the afternoon, um, will they still be marked present for the day? Um, what's the procedure for attendance for, um, for your students? How do they know, does, does a student have to be there um, at every session in order to be marked present for the day or just show up at one session? Or um, can somebody explain to me how that works? students if they're there for either the morning session or afternoon session I will count them as present at, at school and also um, if a student shows up for my small group as well and if um, I have a parent note that a parent can send me via dojo and a student is absent but they have done the work I also count them as asynchronous that means they have done the work but have not presently shown up in class so that is another way that we can um, still count them, give them credit for being in the in our class without actually showing up to our for actually of me actually seeing them. Okay, thank you, thank you, Miss Burke. Um, would anybody like to add anything to that? If I don't see students in the morning time during whole group, I send the pa parents a message through Dojo just to check in and see what's going on. And typically, it's um, you know maybe the kid had a. a upset stomach that morning, but they'll show up for the afternoon session. Sometimes it was just a technical issue. And then sometimes it was just that the parents simply forgot to notify me if the student was going to be out that day. So I just send a friendly message asking about the whereabouts. Okay, thank you. Um, I must commend our parents as well. If students are having internet issues or if students will be out because of an appointment or if the child is sick, I most appreciate the parents for this. They will inform you immediately on Class Dojo to let you know what is happening. And if a child is not present in your classroom, like from my classroom, and I'll say, hey, I'm missing Ashley today. And she said, oh, Mrs. Thompson, she's having internet issue or Mrs. Thompson, she will be on soon. So uh, having that open communication with parents, it does help and it does help with your attendance because you have most or all of your students attending each day. 
Excellent, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Thompson. Um, next question is in regards to Zoom and having the camera on. Um, can you tell me what your policy is for having the camera, um, how the camera should be while you're in Zoom session? Is the expectation that the camera's on, off, or um, how does that work? Mr. Bell, we love to see our students' faces. Yes. <laughs> when we see our student faces, we light up. We are motivated. We are encouraged. So we always try to encourage our students, hey, we need to see your beautiful faces. We need the strength from you. We need an encouragement from you. So please keep your videos on because that is what we are used to. That's our nature. We are used to faces. And yes, not yes. seeing faces, it can be challenging. Okay. So we encourage them. Please, we want to see your beautiful faces. We want to see those smart faces. They do comply. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Thompson. I'll add, it on, I'll add on to Ms. Thompson and just say, like, I do have a few shy kiddos and they'll sit without their camera on. Um, but usually I'll encourage with questions during the day or large group type answering situations where if all of a sudden their name gets called on a random, I'll say like, oh, you know, Joe, I can't see you. So I can't see your answer. Like, you know, so kind of incorporating activities like cahoots where they have to show me the answer um, or at least utilizing the chat so that they feel participative in that environment, whether they're shy or they're just not comfortable with the computer. So yeah, I definitely second seeing people's faces and seeing the kiddos is a lot better than seeing <laughs> seeing their names. <laughs> yes, excellent. Would anybody like to add anything else to that? No. Okay. Um, next question is I'm in regard. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Mr. Uh, Dr. Jamison. Um, I will say whenever I'm, I'm in classrooms and I really, I really have to commend our teachers on this because um, they will notice when students don't have cameras on. And I'll tell you, just, just the slightest bit of encouragement from our teachers, they've, they've developed these relationships with our students um, where it, it's gotten to the point where they encourage, oh, I wanna, I wanna see you, turn your camera on. Short little prompts like that and, and the student's face pops up and, and the teacher acknowledges it and the student keeps their camera on. Just those, those slight little messages of positivity and being a part of the class, um, the class environment and it, it just really makes a difference. So thank you so much to our teachers for encouraging that. Yes, thank you, Dr. Jameson. Um, anybody like to add anything else to what has already been said? No, okay. Um, next question is um, in regards to um, breakfast and lunch. Um, how do your students get breakfast and lunch? Do they go to the cafeteria and sit in the cafeteria or um, is food brought to them? And what's the procedure for, um, for that? I'll be happy to answer that question, Mr. Now. Okay. Um, so prior to the transitioning of students or in-person uh, learning into the building, uh, we actually facilitated parent meetings. 
where information was shared about procedures and process for both breakfast and lunch. And it first begins with the fact that uh, breakfast and lunch are provided at no cost for every single student in the building um, until the end of the school year. We've also hired, as I mentioned before, classroom monitors um, and teacher assistants for each one of our for each one of our grade levels. So, with the assistance and support of our cafeteria hostesses and the classroom monitors, they actually utilize um, what we have as a, a lunch order form that's completed by the teachers in advance. And every day they take those order forms. The monitors and the teacher assistants uh, pick up the breakfast and the lunch meals and serve them to the students in the classrooms. Okay. Thank you for that, um, Ms. Williams. Um, next question I have is um, for, um, for you. If, if a student is, um, can a student change from virtual to in-person and vice versa? And if so, how would that work? Just, how do they decide whether to be virtual or um, be in-person? Where would they go to, for that information? So that information uh, is, is completed in advance via parent view. Uh, we do have Mrs. Grove in on the um, podcast today, so she can explain a little bit more in depth how that process um, is completed. Hello. So the survey went out, the third survey went out and that closed uh, quite a few weeks ago. Um, at this point, if you want to change, the only way you're allowed to change is if you go from in-person to virtually. And then it, the only other thing that we accommodate is if you're having transportation issues and you already don't have a student in a house, we can change your house. But we're not allowed to go in and change you to in-person at this point. Okay, um, thank you, Ms. Grove. Um, next question I have is, um, we talk about house A and house B. Um, if your student or your child misses, a student or child misses um, school on house A day, are they allowed to do a makeup day on house B? Or um, how does that work? Or are they two separate, um, two separate groups? They are two separate groups. Two separate groups, okay. Thank you, um, Dr. Jamison. You're welcome. And I also wanted to go back to um, one of the uh, comments from um, Ms. Cole. Um, thank you for that um, wonderful comment in the chat here. Um, and I do agree, and I know the rest of the teachers and faculty and staff here do agree with this, that um, the teachers do go above and beyond to, um, to service all of our students that they're safe and they're getting the um, quality education here um, in Prince William County. So thank you for that um, wonderful comment. And I know we, we do appreciate that. Um, before we um, finish up this um, podcast for today, 
are there any other questions, comments, concerns, or um, anything for the greater good that either the teachers may have towards, um, you know, with, with the parents here about, um, you know, what, what maybe they can do better to help you with your job to, um, to service our kids? And then if there are any questions or concerns that the parents may have that can, you know, to the teachers that can help them be able to give them, you know, the, the quality education that we have here at, um, here at River Oaks. I think our parents are doing a great job with the communication piece. Cause I know out of all the years, all my parents are on class dojo, all my parents are reading our messages, all my parents, if I have to ask them a question, they're back to respond to the question. And I just want parents just to reiterate that issue at home that the kids need to work in a quiet environment. Try your best. I know pets, I know brothers, I know siblings. Anything can happen in the background, but just make sure that your child's kind of in a semi-quiet place, sitting up. I tell my class, I know your bed's comfy, but can you give me 15 minutes of my small group and then you can lay back down. I'll get it. My bed's comfy too. But just remind them to get in a quiet place to, to get their assignments done. And I know I, the word I use is accountability and flexibility. Because if you're accountable, I'll be flexible. If you let me know what's going on, I know I provide like a little study hall with my class that if they don't turn in the assignment in on time and just say, hey, you know, I'm looking for this. Can you tell me where it is? And it's that that's adaptability by teachers and students and parents. It's kind of a triangle effect. We're all a tribe. And if we just keep loving these kids and saying, I know this is a different year, but you're doing awesome today and just keep it, keep up the great work. And we'll, you know, we're making progress. And I love that, that, that parents are helping, teachers are helping each other. Students are helping each other too, to remind each other too. Awesome. Thank you, Ms. Burke. Mr. Now, I believe there's also a, a comment uh, in the chat from Mr. Yeah. Park, and I would like to just concur with, with her words of support and encouragement. Our, our teachers, our staff, uh, Dr. Jamison, and big staff, it's just been an amazing observation to really see how everyone um, our instructional staff, our community, and our parents have really pulled together to ensure that the transition to in-person learning in combination with trying to uh, juggle and manage the hybrid learning model has really just, it, it's really been a success story. It hasn't been easy. It's taken a lot of front loading of information and organization but together, step by step, it's been a tremendous successful effort. And what I would like to also say, and to Mrs. Hart especially, is that we really appreciate the school division's um, plan with phasing in one to two grade levels at a time. I know for Dr. Jameson and myself, the two of us having to manage, plan, and organize, it's really been helpful to be able to concentrate on maybe one or two grade levels at a time. And that has really been a huge help in, in not only being able to successfully implement, um, implement the plan, but it, it, and also ensuring that we're successful and that we can sustain you know, a healthy and safe um, school environment. So before we leave, please just make sure that we read Mrs. Hart's comments and know that we appreciate her support in being here today. Thank you. 
Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Hart, and thank you, everyone. Um, and before we go, we actually have one more question that was posted in the chat. Um, and this, um, and I'm just gonna read the question, it's uh, the comment and then question. Uh, one thing I have noticed is when teachers, teacher breakouts into small groups or testing, independent work is provided to the students, but, is, but this is not always followed. And the question here is, how do you keep the students focused and staying on task? For me, I sit here so I can remind my child to stay focused and complete work, but it can be distracting when other students are talking and doing the opposite. So how would we, um, be, how would we answer that, class, um, that question about the, uh, the breakout sessions? I think the main thing, like I said, in my class, I, I talk to my class and say the accountability piece. So if someone's working on something, you have to be mindful that just because you're done, you have to be mindful that they're trying to get things done. And we all get things done at different paces, pace, but it's not a race to get it done. And if you're done, you have to find something quiet to do. Like Mrs. Harrison um, spoke that she has Play-Doh or she has puzzles. And I remind my kids that if someone's working with me or in a small group or if I'm on Zoom and and, they're, and it's a small group plus the, the um, students behind me, you know, we're all working together for the greater good. So just be mindful. And I understand it is a struggle to remind, you know, each individual student to get on task. And as teachers, we kind of have that problem online as well as in person. But just to remind that accountability piece, and it's okay if you don't get it done now, but let's try to focus and get what you're done and worry, kind of, kind of worried about, worry about what you need to get done in front of you at Okay, thank you, Ms. Burke. Um, would anybody like to add to um, what Ms. Burke has already said? Um, adding on, if there's not a lot of, um, I guess it was saying like individual or like independent work being provided, um, there's also a lot of programs um, provided through Clever, like Dreambox and Lexia that could be used as adaptive programming that your student can work on independently. Um, if it's regarding being in the classroom, I can see how it's maybe distracting when a kid's sitting six feet away in a group and they're trying to work independently. Um, so maybe the suggestion of bringing um, their own headphones in or maybe something bigger, similar to what like Mr. Now is wearing um, might help with just kind of canceling out the noise and distractions um, while working on the computer. Um, if that helps any much anymore with kind of canceling some noise. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you, Ms. Locke. Um, before we um, conclude, I'm sorry, Ms. Hart, yes? I just wanted to make a few closing um, comments, if it's okay, Mr. Yes. Now. Absolutely, Ms. Hart, the floor, the floor is yours. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, if you tell me the floor is mine, I need to hear some music so I can dance. Okay. I will, I will work on that for you. I'll get that. How about I get that ready for our next podcast <laughs> for you? Um, so I, I keep um, losing you. I'm not sure if you guys are losing me camera-wise, but you're coming in and out, so I'll, I'll try to be brief. But I do want to say again, and good afternoon. Um, uh, it's my pleasure to partner with River Oaks Elementary with um, Dr. Jameson and Mrs. Williams and, and the entire staff and, and parent community. Um, some of the parents need to know, and maybe even staff, that my first teaching job in Prince William County was at River Oaks Elementary. And so um, a, a big piece of my heart is there. And also our two sons went to River Oaks Elementary. So if I can be partial, I'm partial towards 
River of Salamanca. But with that said, I, I think it's, it's okay to say that, that we are in a space where we, we have a bushel of lemons. And we are in the process, we meaning the school system, the parents, the community, the, the grocery store owner, the physicians, everyone is in, in a space where we're trying to make the best lemonade out of this situation. And so we're trying to say to Tropicana who, who makes lemonade, um, you know, step aside, step aside Tropicana, we have this. But with that analogy said, I want you to know that this is hard work. It's hard work for the school the teachers, the principals, and for the parents. And the parents um, that are on this, on this particular podcast need to know that we value your support. We value every minute that you have your child on, on the Zoom or on the virtual learning. We value every time he or she is at the bus stop to be picked up. We're not taking any of this for granted. But all of us went into this business to make a difference for kids. We had no idea it was going to be under these circumstances, but we come every day to earn an Oscar. And when I say that, our teachers are like a fishbowl during this pandemic. Everyone is looking and listening. All eyes are on our teachers. That's a tough thing to do when you know that every step you make, every word you speak, someone is looking and listening. And so earn your Oscar, teachers. Go ahead and show the world what's so special about being a teacher. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that this too will end and we will all be stronger as a result. Um, I'm stronger every day as a result of this pandemic. And um, we, we must remember that safety and health are number one. And then we add heaping scoops of reading, math, social studies, science, social skills, and those things. So be encouraged, know that your work is, is appreciated. Parents, you do not need to wait for a podcast to seek clarification from us. If you have questions at any time, work that dojo, call us, email us, text us. We want to answer your questions and we want to be of service. So without further ado, I love everything you all are doing. I'm so appreciative as a grandma. I have a fifth grade grandson and a first grade granddaughter. And it is not easy. I'm so glad for today's teacher work day. It's kind of quiet in the hard house. But again, thank you and um, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Awesome. Thank you. Wonderful words there, Miss um, Hart. We appreciate everything that you do for us as well. Um, and on that note, on behalf of Miss Hart, Miss um, Williams, Dr. Jameson, and the rest of the River Oaks um, faculty and staff here, um, thank you parents for all that you do to help support us. And um, as Ms. Hart said, feel free to reach out to any of us if you have questions, comments, or concerns. And um, if you all found this podcast to be helpful, um, we are more than welcome to um, continue this series. Uh, we'll be continuing the series with fourth and fifth grade. Um, shortly, um, that will be set up um, will be uh, released at a later date, but we do plan on having one for fourth and fifth grade as well. So um, those parents can come in and ask questions and um, you know, understand what we do and how we can support them um, in, the, in the school environment. So with that being said, if there are no more um, further questions, um, I guess Ms. Um, Cole, um, thank you 
um, for being here and being part of this. And thank you to the faculty and staff here at River Oaks for, um, for all that you do. And we look forward to uh, talking with you soon. Um, Ms. Williams, did you have something you wanted to add? I just wanna say once again, thank you to our families, our parents, any students who may be on with us today, uh, Mrs. Hart, our associate superintendent, our fabulous teachers, thank you all so much. And Mr. Now, Mrs. Grove, thank you for making this podcast happen. Um, and we look forward to seeing you all very soon. Absolutely. All right, bye, bye everybody. Everyone. Take care, stay safe. <laughs>